Welcome to the DSR Ghost Writing Podcast, your source for information about content marketing, thought leadership, and how you can leverage the power of communication to build your industry profile, enhance your brand recognition, and position your inbound marketing for success. And here's your host, Daniel Rosehill. Hi there, welcome back to the DSR Ghostwriting Podcast, episode number 11. And this is actually episode number 11, attempt two. Episode number 11, attempt one, occurred uh, in the early hours of yesterday morning. Um, unfortunately, I did not notice during the um, during playback and my editing of the episode, uh, maybe because I did that from my computer, but the lack of a pop filter, a pop filter which is now installed on this microphone, was painfully obvious. And every time there was a uh, there was a word involving P, such as podcast, 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 or a B, like better, 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 uh, there was uh, you know audio interference. So I hope that this is a better podcast, at least from an audio quality standpoint. So um, in this episode, and that is our new introduction, courtesy of Blarock, who is a level two seller on Fiverr. And I just wanted to give him a shout out because I was delighted with the fact um that that the that that intro and the outro that'll that'll play at the end of this episode uh that he got it perfect the first time and that was very much appreciated i did say in episode 10 that dsr ghostwriting podcast was that the cold winds of professionalism were blowing through it and the big things were on the way in terms of better audio quality and that was what i was referring to uh amongst amongst other things such as the show notes they have in front of me uh two pages worth of show notes and what I want to do in this episode is take a look at the Code Red Security PR network have done. I mean, this this isn't hot off the press. I have to be honest. I did receive this from one of their um, affiliate agencies, Eclat, and I Eclat or Eclat Marketing. They have a French accent over the E, uh, which is based in the UK. One of their PR partners. So the Code Red Security PR network uh, describes itself as a kind of umbrella organization with 16 companies that all have a capability of providing uh, PR services for you know businesses in the cybersecurity and IT world and uh, thought leadership is is a key thing so as I said this isn't hot off the press this uh, this actually came out a few months ago and I've only gotten around to taking a look at it now there is a blog up on the website if you go to dsrghostwriting.com forward slash blog I have put together my thoughts uh, you'll also find there a, a couple of posts back my thoughts about the Edelman LinkedIn study, which was, I think, both the inspiration for Code Red to do this piece. And it was my inspiration to, uh, well, it was my inspiration to write about that a few months ago. And I think it's very, very good. And it's very, very important um, that we're getting more data about what works and what doesn't in thought leadership, because a theme that came through very much in the Edelman LinkedIn study was that uh, it's difficult for those producing thought leadership, and that includes me, uh, to quantify the benefits uh, and to, you know, we need data in order to actually tell our clients what works, what doesn't work, what doesn't work, and to provide evidence-based recommendations for what they should do to make their thought leadership more effective. So with the caveat that this study is small and it's very specific to an industry and a geography, with those caveats aside, I think the more data we can glean about what works and doesn't work in thought leadership, the better for everybody really. So it's to be welcomed. Now, as I did say, this was a small study of 200 senior IT decision makers. Uh, It said 200 in the PDF that I was sent 
Um, and you can get this yourself. I'm going to put the link, of course, in the description to this episode. Um, but you can go on to, and I'm just glancing at my screen here, coderedsecuritypr.com slash thought leadership ebook. And there are hyphens between thought and leadership and leadership and ebook. So th- again, that's coderedsecuritypr, coderedsecuritypr.com slash thought leadership ebook. It is gated content, so you're going to need to put in your first name, email, uh last name and your company um but it's you know it's a pretty tidy 18 page slide deck that you can just leave through and see what they found i'm not going to go through everything they found in this podcast episode i'm just going to talk about i'm going to talk about what they found that i thought was interesting um so firstly as i said it's a small sample study of 200 people that's what they say here in their press release they say more than 200 or about 200 but irrespective of whether it's exactly 200 or 215 I don't think it makes that much of a difference. It's a small sample size compared to Edelman LinkedIn who looked at 3,275 respondents. That means that the Edelman Edelman polled over 15 times the people that this uh, that this study polled. So it's small, the sample size is, poll, is, is small. That doesn't by any means uh, devalidate its findings uh, just to say that take it with a perhaps small little grain of salt it's it's all you always have to be skeptical about small studies um but i do think their findings could be widely applicable uh now it's also based in the uk um it was 58 percent of those people uh were c-level execs with a focus on it security now red code red kind of throughout this refer to what the ciso say about xyz which i find i found a little bit confusing given that they say 58% for C-level executives with a focus on IT security. So to my mind, that would mean that 42% were not C-level executives um, and you know CISOs, which is Chief Information Security Officer. That is a C-level title, clearly. And uh, it's, it's also a title that you tend to see more in larger organizations, smaller companies, a CTO. That would be one of the hats that the CTO would wear, CISO. There wouldn't be, you know, usually a dedicated CISO person. Uh, but that's who it was. 58% um, were C-level execs with focus on IT security, spread out across a few different industries. But this is IT, IT-centric and polling was conducted by Sapio Research. Okay, in terms of key findings, what did they, what did they discover here? So um, the first one that I've noted here in my notes and that I thought was interesting. Average consumption of thought leadership per week, three hours and 20 minutes. Now you don't need to be a math genius and I'm certainly not a math genius to uh, quickly do the sums there and figure out that that comes out to 200 minutes per week. Um, I was not sufficiently gifted in mathematics to be able to divide that by seven even. I'm just, I'm just kidding, I probably could. But I ran, it, I ran it through Google nevertheless, who told me that the figure, um, that that works out to is approximately 30 minutes per day. Now, 28.57, I believe, is a precise number. Personally, I think that's actually a really, really large, a surprisingly large number of, especially when you're dealing with these higher level executives and tech companies, how long they're actually sitting and consuming thought leadership. Now, I would have to presume um, that that number does not does not reflect their, you know, their overall intake of nonfiction business, business material. That's specifically referring to thought leadership by vendors and I would say that's a lot of time. So the first takeaway here, and this is a positive one, is at least in this industry, this IT industry in the and in the UK, and I, I'm not going to repeat that caveat throughout, but it does need to be reiterated that that's 
that's those are the limitations that's the context of the study here that at least amongst that um relatively small pool that people are affording 30 minutes of their day to consuming thought leadership now we'll see later that that can mean different different types of media um a great metric here that's very positive 84 percent are more likely to work with an organization that produces thought leadership versus one that doesn't so basically uh, you know, something that came out very clearly in Edelman LinkedIn and that, by that I'm referring there to the Edelman LinkedIn B2B thought leadership impact study that's now been running for a few years. And that was the, the one I previously, um, I'm going to say investigated, analyzed in a podcast and blog. So feel free to check that one out too. It's, uh, it's less, it's not, it's less, uh, it's not industry, industry centric uh, or occupation centric to the extent that this one is. So it might be more applicable um but in any event one of the things they found the key takeaways from this year's study there was how thought leadership is a double-edged sword and if you don't do thought leadership well it can it feels like i'm saying this for the hundredth time but it influences soft and hard metrics favorably and uh but just as it can influence them favorably if thought leadership is executed poorly it can have an opposite and equal effect upon those same metrics that it benefits in other words it'll damage your reputation and uh, it'll have adverse hardline, bottom line consequences on your business. So basically, don't screw up your thought leadership. Um, in terms of the formats, and this is really interesting, how are people consuming, how do people like to consume thought leadership? So we're talking again about cybersec people, British cybersec, British cybersecurity professionals. That was my brief attempt at a British accent. I apologize uh, to the, for the cultural insensitivity to uh, the ACLAT team who are British and who sent this on to me. But in any event, the top, okay, so the top formats, interestingly, case study led the pack. 47% of people uh, liked or read case study. Now, I wasn't 100% clear based on the way this was phrased in the PDF, whether I, I thought initially this was favorite, what's your favorite way to consume thought leadership. But then looking at these numbers, uh, I quickly realized, as I said, I'm a mathematical wizard that uh this that could not be the case because 47 plus 40 plus 39 plus 39 clearly um clearly adds up to much more than 100 percent so i'm i'm gonna assume going to assume uh i'm trying to avoid saying gonna and that in the podcast i'm going to assume that um this is in which format you consume your thought leadership uh so do you consume case studies 47 percent yes do you consume podcasts 40% yes. I'm just going to read off the others. Uh, news articles were at 39. Webinars were at 39. Video was at 36. Now, interesting. Trade media. And I'm going to allow you to guess where trade media and newspapers stood uh, roughly. They're within 2%. And I will allow a five-second pause while you think about where they were. And just for reference, case studies 47, podcast 40%. What percentage of people... Uh, consume thought leadership via trade media publications? Answer 29%. So that to me is very, very telling. The podcasts have overtaken trade media as a format in which people consume their thought leadership. So when people think of thought leadership, and there's a quote at the start of this from, uh, if I can find, I don't know why I've lost her name in the notes, but Diane um, something or other, excuse me, Diane, for not having your name, here i had it previously but the founder of code red and canham i believe um and she says you know thought leadership is not is not a fluffy activity 
And it's interesting because I actually just recorded a podcast, episode 10 of the DSR Ghostwriting Podcast. Uh, I didn't just say that in the course of 30 minutes, but I did reiterate that a number of times. I talked about how thought leadership is different from content marketing. Um, and that certainly, you know, is important. So these podcasts need to be, and these videos certainly need to be done, executed correctly in order for them to be thought leadership. Um, but that is nevertheless very, very telling that uh, podcasts and video have risen to such an extent that trade media and newspapers are no longer the only form of thought leadership. So that is something when people do think of thought leadership, if they don't think that it's a simply a meaningless buzzword, and uh, as I said, listen back to the previous episode where I discuss why and how thought leadership is something quite specific and indeed why it uh, can convey huge value and it's a very valuable marketing technique that is different from content marketing but the other thing people tend to think about thought leadership is you know it might be these dry thought pieces in your average ultra ultra niche b2b trade media publication that uh, the office subscribes to once a month and it's put out by that little reception area where the guests sit. you know exactly what i'm what I'm talking about. That's not what thought leadership means anymore. Those people in the consuming consuming seat of thought leadership, now they do tend to be, you, you, may, you may imagine, given that we're talking about CISOs and C-level people, that uh, in today's organizations, these people are maybe in their 40s, 50s, let's say. And one might be forgiven for thinking that their media consumption habits may be a bit different than the generation, generation Xers who are uh, in the same organizations and that therefore they wouldn't be so much podcast and video people. I think it's interesting that these insights uh, really throw cold water on that idea. And they do show that basically in terms of their preferred consumption means of thought leadership, that these uh, C-level executives are going in for the podcast. Now, my, my insight here, my own insight and my own recommendations are that people should look at the case study format. It is quite a classic format in terms of you know what was what was the problem here what was the solution what was what were the outcomes uh, that's an abbreviated abbreviated version of a case study but they should take a look at that format because edelman's um edelman's research made clear that brevity is very important in in thought leadership so take a look at that format and use that to inform your production of podcasts and your production of videos because um thought leadership and you know you can do by all means a general corporate podcast general corp- corporate videos but if you're going to be really honing in and excelling in this format of thought leadership you want to be packaging uh, that thought leadership in the appropriate manner and through the appropriate means okay um interestingly however for those working with consumers only podcasting is the most popular format at 54 percent. so you could read into this that no people are not sick of podcasts yet and uh, that figure actually rises to 54 percent um, so the podcasts really lead the pack when we're talking about um, those organizations, consumers of thought leadership that are not exclusively working in uh, for B2B organizations. Other takeaways here, cybersecurity thought leadership is doing better than generalist thought leadership. So Edelman have kind of said for years, too much thought leadership is not good enough. Uh, Code Red, I'm putting this in the category, I'm now moving on to just briefly lesser insights they thought were less interesting uh, among those was that uh, Code Red say in their quite small sample pool of 200 people that uh, they paint a rosier picture. They say 51% of people thought thought leadership was excellent. Uh, 48% of people said thought leadership was good. 
1% thought it was not good. So there's a big difference between what Edelman found, which is that most people you know, say thought leadership is mediocre versus what they're saying. So I wouldn't read too much into it because it is just such a stark difference um, that I feel could be explained by not factors that do not extrapolate extrapolate uh for example that maybe in this particular their the people they approach there's better relationships and we'll come on to that just in a bit so very very different than edelman but um it's it's hard to read too much into it without having too too much alternative uh you know more context there i think 81% agree with the statement that thought leadership is a good means for smaller cybersecurity orgs to get attention very important for startups. Sorry, that's my, that's my note there. Okay, I think this is actually a massive insight here. 81% of those surveyed agreed with the statement that thought leadership is a good means for smaller cybersecurity orgs to get attention. So basically, what we're seeing in this small sample poll here is that if you are a small fish, the you have the ear of bigger organizations, of the people like the CISOs and the CTOs at people that might be on the Fortune 500, or to bring this back to a British context, on the FTSE 100. So basically, they're consuming thought leadership 30 minutes per day. Okay, it's not a, it's not hours that you have to grab their time, but basically they are keeping up with podcasts, they are keeping up with video, they are checking their LinkedIn feeds, what people are saying. If you can go out there and package something well, have something original to say, high quality to say, and uh, again, packaging and, uh, and transmitting it well, and leverage the right relationships in order to get it to the recipient. We'll come on to that. That's another insight here. If you can do all those things, you can punch above your weight as a small organization and actually get people to pay attention to your message. So I think that's really, really pivotal. And that's, that's actually very encouraging um, for, you know, for smaller organizations out there that think that they don't have, it's not a level playing field and they're not going to be able to compete with the uh, you know the bigger the the the, the more well endowed marketing resources of bigger companies, it's saying no, that's not the case. Eighty one percent, eight out of ten people are saying uh, they they would be willing to listen. So why don't you go ahead and uh, you know bring us a good message? Seventy eight said they use thought leadership as a means of vetting their suitability as a partner. Seventy four percent said they'd be willing to pay a premium for if if the thought leadership author produced good thought leadership. So again, there's hard gains and there's soft gains in the hard gain side. Just like Edelman found, Edelman honed in on RFP opportunities just to give one example and saying, well, if your thought leadership is good, um, we will include you in an RFP opportunity. And I don't provide acronyms ever as a rule without breaking them down i don't want to assume anyone knows all what all these uh corporate uh corporate acronyms are so rfp is request for proposals and that's in a tendering process when an organization has a big piece of business to put out sometimes it's legally legally required maybe required by national uh procurement law maybe by international eu level procurement law but in any event that's not always a case and legally can be the case that rfps fly under the radar in a kind of buddy uh, buddy world sometimes but um, in that world uh, it's all about relationships and if the thought leadership is good what Edelman said was basically that an organization might send you that RFP and you know we're talking here and we're talking in the world of RFPs generally about high ticket items long sales cycles but lucrative pieces of business that could really form the bread and butter for an organization so um, 
that's significant in the fact that they're willing to pay a premium. Uh, so basically, if you make a good impression with your thought leadership, not only will it potentially win you business, uh, it'll heighten your reputation. And what I would say is don't see those two things as separate. If your reputation in the industry is better, you've got a higher chance of getting included in something like an RFP opportunity. And once you're in an RFP opportunity, the, the, more, you're, the, more, the more you're in and the more you have a fighting chance for, the more you're ultimately going to win and you're going to therefore improve your bottom line. So basically, uh, thought leadership has benefits really across the board here. Um, in terms of thought, thought softer metrics, um, Code Red again hit upon those saying 62% of those in the 200 security people at the bigger UK companies said it would increase their respect for an organization. So I'm never too sure what to make of that. Edelman had the same thing. Um, I guess it's nice to be respected. And uh, as he said, it's, it's more than that. It'll probably translate to actual gains. Um, the quality was starkly different, as I said, but 71% at organizations with 10,000 to 19,999 people said that thought leadership can make a better impact on larger organizations. So here's another opportunity. 51% said it's, uh, you know, oh, thought leadership's excellent. Uh, that actually was higher at the bigger companies, 10 to, 10, 10 to 20,000, basically. Um, so there is, there's basically quite an opportunity here for smaller companies and startups to do thought leadership because not only are bigger people are bigger companies listening and consuming that 30 minutes per day of thought leadership uh, you can actually there they might even be more receptive to it than smaller organizations relationships matter so this is actually uh, interesting insight that i did not see edelman and linkedin covering here so basically code red said that 84 percent of um Sorry, that's let's let let let's, let's go to that next. Eighty-one percent agreed that relationships and trust with the author mattered, and that figure rose to eighty-seven percent at the C level, um, and it was seventy-six percent when looking at the non-executive IT and security level. I'm going to call these techies. I don't know if that's maybe unflattering if they're not C-level people at a tech organization. Isn't everybody kind of a techie then? Um, I, I think techie is a badge of a badge of pride for a lot of people in the IT industry. I'm not I'm not I'm not using it as a kind of uh, put down by any means. So basically, relationships matter. So what that means is that um, people consuming thought leadership, they need to have some idea of where it's coming from. Who is this person? Even if it's good, basically, it's not enough for the thought leadership to be good. To have an outstanding podcast or a terrific video or you know a great a great piece of writing of course that's important and necessary but in order for thought leadership to be as effective as possible um the person on the receiving end needs to know a little bit about the organization and that's why i said that the softer metrics don't discount them because your reputation is clearly relevant to when this pops up in somebody's linkedin feed that you've written another white paper an ebook and they say who is this person um are they are they a bluffer or do they have something real to say do we what do we know about them now my insight here is that this is a great opportunity for sales and marketing resources to work in concert to work hand in hand um in order to to work hand in hand to do to do this better the salespeople can warm up these leads and remember we're talking here about predominantly b2b uh high ticket item sales and these can drag on for a very very long time especially when you're selling to the government sector um, it's not uncommon for it to be a one-year sales cycle. So that can be very difficult for cash flow for, for businesses. Um, but it does mean that these are these are the kind of typical 
take your client out for lunch, take your client out for dinner, do that five times over, these kind of sales cycles. Um, so basically the relationships matter the relationships matter um, a lot in these kind of sales cycles. So that's not really that surprising, but it's important to underscore and something, I, as I said, I didn't see Edelman uh, LinkedIn hitting upon. So have your, you know, the sales and marketing resources should be working in concert. The salespeople should be mentioning the thought leadership. So it's important to brief the, you know, the SDRs, the account executives, the inside sales team on what we've written. It would not be a bad idea for the marketing team and the sales to have a sit down and i know everyone's looking for less meetings but perhaps if they're doing a lot of thought leadership have a monthly sit down and say okay here's what we have out currently a white paper these are the insights in the white paper an ebook these are the insights in the ebook this might be of interest sales team who do you have in your pipeline abc okay they may be interested why don't you mention that because the whole idea of thought leadership now i mentioned this in podcast episode 10 unlike content marketing so let's just go back to that Thought leadership, we're leveraging the, 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 we're leveraging thought itself. And the thoughts have to be, the second word in thought leadership is clearly leadership. They have to be leading in some respect. They have to be innovative and taking an interesting slant on some industry topic. They can't just be thoughts. Content marketing, I described this in my own paraphrase definition as kicking off a symbiotic relationship with the consumer by adding small nuggets of value. So you're, you're basically, uh, you know, if someone doesn't know about cybersecurity, you're starting from the grounds up, telling them here's what it is, um, giving them value, and through value you develop trust. Now trust matters in thought leadership too, but if you're selling to a peer in B2B, and that was something Edelman said about how thought leadership is is peer to peer, you need to you you don't want to speak down to them by telling them, oh you know, um, th- in serverless infrastructure you need to secure. Uh, the infrastructure in the cloud just as you would on-premises they know that it's not going to be helpful for your cause to tell them that and indeed you might alienate them you need to be saying something really interesting what what what, what what's your big idea here what, what what exactly is the new thing that your organization does that we should consider working with you what's what's special about you start from that standpoint and when you've established your credibility as an expert in your field then you can open doors for those long sales processes. I think that's a very different activity than content marketing. Content marketing, because it's focused on um, you know smaller smaller chunks, uh, tends to also work very much hand in hand with SEO and SEM. You need to you need to use the right keywords in order for people to find your content marketing to kick off that kind of as you said symbiotic relationship. So it's a di- it's a it's a different activity essentially. Um, now that ties into uh, that ties in very nicely to topics. They found. Uh, remember when I said I just said right there that basically you your thought leadership has to be original. You have to say something that people don't know essentially, uh, and that is some kind of leading thought. So unsurprisingly, for that reason, uh, people found that cloud security was in the cybersecurity world was their most interesting topic at twenty seven. I describe that as unsurprising because if you look at what was at the bottom of the rung, it was data breach analyses at nineteen percent. So when you tell people uh, there was this bank and you know they had a data breach, a million a million records were lost. It's on the dark web. It's caused reputational damage. This was how it was fixed, and uh, you know. Uh, use our service because we will we will monitor the dark web and make sure that you will find out in time and you can start out, you know sort of act quickly. We're probably all familiar in the technology world with that kind of a pitch. 
and basically that's less interesting to people they already and and that really ties into what the, the why is very clear because it's thought leadership they already know that the people are the people are reading probably the same periodicals and websites that you are and they know about these breaches that are going on they know they know that it's damaging to reputation they know there's financial loss they know if you can monitor it more proactively you'll get ahead of the game and whatnot what they want to know is how to, how to take preventative action the cisos want to know more about securing the cloud network security 22 percent uh sorry impact of breaches was nine percent the, the difference was was more exaggerated than what than what i said i got that figure wrong so cloud security 27 breach impact nine percent so basically don't tell people information they know and they read about tell them something new how can they get ahead proactively of the competition and of the game so i want to summarize now my takeaways here reaffirmed edelman's finding about how much thought leadership is consumed actually they gave they gave a more specific they gave more specific information here edelman just said uh half spend more than one hour or more per week uh code red came along gave us a real hard number and a big number 30 30 minutes a day it's uh you've got you've got time in that 30 minutes to get out a good podcast they'll show up on their feed or show up on their linkedin feed and get them reading your thought leadership validated edelman's finding about premium about they're willing to pay more essentially 74 percent in code red 42 percent in edelman very very that's a compelling reason do good thought leadership so show people you really know your stuff and you'll position you'll help to position yourself as a premium provider in the marketplace um reaffirmed edelman's finding that thought leadership can be effective at boosting both hard and soft metrics um most people find cybersecurity. there's a big difference there i'm not going to go into why i tend to think that at the the smaller sample size has a lot to do with that 200 people in just in the uk um it's such a big difference that i think more and more more information needs to be presented about why perhaps relationships are an explanation they're tighter relationships in this industry and therefore the thought leadership is being more well received that's a possibility i don't really know i don't think it would be helpful to speculate let's just stick to stick to the facts we find out as they say good news i think this is very good news for smaller organizations given that 81 percent said it was a good way to get their attention the importance of podcasting and videos versus other forms of consumption the importance of relationships to the effectiveness of pr of thought leadership and given that thought leadership and pr are kind of so closely allied i tend to think that's quite unsurprising but really really important so smaller organization you have the ear of the bigger companies 81 percent are listening they're they're consuming 30 minutes of it per day and you just need to make sure that you get it right in order to to reach those people um and in order to do that my final point here the importance of originality and actually having something to say so don't waste people's time with poor thought leadership that doesn't say anything because you're going to damage your reputation and you're going to make it harder for yourself in the future to actually get that get that messaging across so do it well that's basically it for today episode 11 of the dsr ghostwriting podcast my name is daniel rosell i specialize in thought leadership for business and particularly particularly for the technology market b2b predominantly but not exclusively i've written a lot about backup and data recovery cloud computing linux and open source um cybersecurity, amongst a few other uh, verticals within technology that i've worked for i produce articles blogs ebooks white papers speeches 
and even all the way up to books but those tend those those are typically not produced by by organizations but rather by private individuals so less less emphasis here on the books but in any event my website is dsrghostwriting.com i hope this podcast has provided some insight and value to you in your thought leadership efforts and you can always reach me through that website i look forward to producing the next episode very soon Thank you for listening to another episode of the DSR Ghost Writing Podcast. To learn more about how writing services can improve your business and enhance your bottom line, visit dsrghostwriting.com.